Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, May 14th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker. Well, my friend, I've covered a lot of crazy things during my uh, 20 years on the beat here. You know, we, we made it through Tatgate. We made it through, you know, the 2018 situation with Urban Meyer and, and Zach Smith and all that. And man, yesterday might take the cake as far as craziness because we knew there was going to be a press conference with Gene Smith. We're all like internally like, what's this about? Is it about this, 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 this? None of us were like, you know what? I bet it's about this massage therapist from Cleveland who's coming down and giving these guys inappropriate massages. I mean, dude, this could take the prize of all the crazy things I've covered. Yeah, it was it was definitely something that a lot of people weren't expecting. Um, that, as you mentioned, there was a lot of speculations. People thought it was going to be the lawsuit in regards to the doctor. Some uh, Pat Murphy had uh, thought maybe it might have been about the name, image, and likeness. But yeah, it, it's definitely something. I, I'm just glad that it's nothing that's going to really affect the football program going forward, especially when it comes to any type of violations or like that. But I, I, I understand why Ohio State had the press conference. One is because we're in a very different climate where, you know, um, when you're dealing with anything that, that involves sexual um misconduct from someone that involves the football program and there's an internal investigation you have to go ahead and lay out the facts of the case before entities like ESPN or someone takes bit by bit information runs a story and it's completely inaccurate so how State being able to get out front lay out all the details of the investigation explain what happened explain what they found from the investigation it, it allows them to set the tone and tell the story from their own perspective as opposed to the media telling a half story or ESPN telling a half story and not getting all the facts correct. And I give the guys credit for coming forward. You know, I mean, we can all make jokes about this, but I give the young men credit for coming forward. And I know some of the guys said this was consensual. Okay. Um, some of the guys said, you know, things that were inappropriate happened and they had to put a stop to it. So I give them credit for coming forward. As you mentioned, I think a lot of Ohio State fans, the biggest fear when word leaked that there was going to be a Gene Smith press conference yesterday was that it looked like to some people, oh, that means like, you know, sanctions are coming. Maybe we've been scarred from the past, right? So it's not a good situation, but if you're just looking at it from a football standpoint and the Buckeyes program, there was even rumors out there that Ryan Day could have been in trouble. And I'm like, that that goes against everything that I know about Ryan Day from just personally and from what I know from sources. So, yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, not a good situation at all. The opposite of a good situation, but at least the football program is clean here. Yep, and, you know, you have a lot of Ohio State fans with PTSD because you look at, you know, every, it seems like every – Three to four years, there's something that popped up. It could be completely overblown, but Ohio State fans are, they've been scarred from potential bad news popping up from the program. If it's, you know, Jim Trestle or the Carlos Hyde or the, 
um, you know, you name you name it, the Zach Smith fiasco, on and on. And right now, I just think that Ohio State they had to tell the story. They had to let everyone know what was going on. I suspected it wasn't going to be something extremely big because, Dave, you've been covering it for 20 years. If there was something major that was really going to blow the top off the media, it's usually leaked out some form or fashion. Most people would have been at least given a hint to say, hey, this could be this could be earth shattering news that's coming down. But the fact that you didn't get a lot of that and it was a lot of speculations on what it could be told me that it wasn't going to be extremely big. Um, but Ohio State, they did the right thing here. I just think that you have to get out in front of the story so that you can tell your own story. And and before we move on to the next topic, I, I'm going to give Ohio State PR and, and their compliance credit here because they get beat up quite a bit the way they handle things. Usually Ohio State is a reactive type of entity when it comes to something that's involved with the football program. Usually Ohio State has to react because there's major breaking news from a, a network and they usually completely botch anything major. But in this case, I think they handled it uh, with dignity and class and they, they really went about their business in a more professional manner that you would typically see in, uh, in the past when it came to any type of small scandals. Very well said. I'm over here raising my hand when you're talking about people that have been critical, highly critical of Ohio State's PR. That's, that's me. <laughs> I've, you're right. I, I, they've, they've handled this one very well. That was, it was well played yesterday. You could even say they went too far, which is a good thing. They even said, I mean, the independent report said, Ohio State didn't even need to report this to the NCAA self-report it, but they did. And, you know, they said that Ohio State's committed no NCAA violations. Now, that's the independent law firm coming in and saying that. That's not the NCAA, but it sounds like Ohio State is in the clear here from a football standpoint. And we'll see what happens with this massage therapist, man. And she's, she's lost her, her license. She's 41 years old. We don't know what her name is. And we'll see what happens with her. They said in the report that it's probably not a crime but they would still recommend that prosecutors look into it. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's turn the page and talk some football. Is that okay with you, Jay Book? Sounds good. <laughs> okay, good, <laughs> good, good, good. Um, linebacker at Ohio State. Now, first of all, what do you think the chances are that they're going to land Gaty Ote from uh, USC? What are the chances there? And just how do you feel about this linebacking core Overall, in fact, before we get to how you feel the linebacking core overall, what are the chances they land Gay Oteote, and how much would he help the Buckeyes if they do land him? Yeah, I think it's a situation where Ohio State has been in contact with him um, for some time now. Obviously, their number one priority is getting Henry uh, to Oto, and he chose Alabama. So once they once that uh, door closed, I think they really jump started the talks again with him. Um, and I believe it's a situation where he was originally destined to go to Texas. He was going to go play with the Longhorns there, and then once Ohio State stepped in, things have really slowed down, and before I was, you know, I was uh, thinking that it was going to be all Texas here because he really built up that momentum in the relationship, but with Ohio State getting back in here, I do believe Ohio State is a legit contender with Getting him, I believe the draw of playing with his cousin Haskell Garrett is something that really intrigues him. 
if I had to throw a number on it, I would say, you know, it's a 55-45 Ohio State type of situation. It's very fluid. Things can change. But it, like we talked about, you know, last week, it tells me that they're not completely satisfied with the linebacker position. They need another body. And the fact that they're going after another guy in the transfer portal tells me that they want to get a veteran presence on the field to combine in the mix with these younger linebackers they have. They're also really, you know, making me challenge my pronunciation skills with all of these Polynesian guys they're going <laughs> after. I mean, it's hard to pronounce these names. Yeah. Pal, uh, I-E, Geo Teote. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, especially if he's a future Buckeye. And when he's a Buckeye, we'll ask him exactly how he pronounces his name. That's one of the first questions I always ask kids. Um, because I'll give an example. When Ryan Shazier came to Ohio State, everybody, including the media guide, said it was pronounced Shazer. And I'm like, wait a minute, I thought it was Shazier. And I reached out to his dad. And he was like, yeah, you're right, it's Shazier. So I reached out to Ohio State and said, it's Shazier. And because of the mass influence that I have, J-Book, they changed it in the media <laughs> guide. So uh, we'll see if we're pronouncing Geo Teote well, and hopefully he will be a Buckeye. All right, looking at the other linebackers, looks like Taraja Mitchell. I think he's primed for a big year. Um, I know people can say, well, if he was that good, wouldn't he have seen the field more than the, the last three years? I get that. That's, that's a solid argument. But I like Taraja Mitchell at the will. What do you think is going to happen at the at uh, at the mic? Do you, do you like Cody Simon? You know, I know that Kerry Combs was talking up Tommy Eichenberg in a story I did yesterday. Dallas Dallas Gant's going to be coming back. Just they have Kayvon Pope in there. They can play in multiple spots. Reed Carrico. What do you think about the linebackers they have right now, Jay Book? Yeah, I think the Mike linebacker spot. That's probably the biggest question mark overall when it comes to that position because you look at it, it's a bunch of guys who've never played. And when you're the Mike linebacker, you're looked at as the person who's going to be able to set the tone, get everyone lined up correctly, and make the calls from the, that's coming in from the sidelines for the, the front-end guys. And that was, again, missing spring. I don't think people realize how big of a deal that is, especially for a guy who doesn't have a ton of significant game reps under his belt. And the reason I say that is – he needs to be able to build that comfort level. And the fact that he's coming off an injury, it makes the situation a little dicey. Now, they like him, but I think they really need to get that position settled, especially, you know, I'll say a week or two into fall camp because you want to have your starting mic already figured out and have that position solidified. That's why they're going after a, a grad transfer because, to me, their action speaks loudly is they are not sure if the guys that they have right now are going to play at a high level that they want and what they expect. Reed Carrigo, very young guy, very talented, but I think he's going to need to cut his teeth on special teams first. Um, Tommy Eichenberg, I haven't seen enough football from him to make a decision uh, or an opinion one way or the other. As you mentioned, Kerry Combs talked him up. I'm sure he'll get a crack at the bat, and that's all you can ask for is, hey, give me a shot to see what I can actually do. Um, but the linebacker position, it's, it's going to be um, a battle in the camp, especially with those, those next wave of guys. And Cody Simon, he has the potential, but another one that we haven't seen a whole lot of football. He looks the part. If you look at him um, after coming out of Coach Mick weight room, he's really uh, – 
tra uh, transformed his body, but he's another one that hasn't played a lot of football, so you really don't know what you have out of those younger guys. Very nice home opener for the Buckeyes this fall. Oregon Ducks coming to town. The 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And we're all thinking, got to be a night game, right? Right? Or a noon game, J-Book. I guess the big noon kickoff on Fox is real. I'm surprised, though. I mean, I know that's – I shouldn't be – I'm not shocked because I know that's been a big push for them even when an East Coast team is playing a West Coast team to start the game at noon Eastern. But I really thought that would be a night game. Your thoughts on Ohio State yesterday announcing that the Oregon-Ohio State game will be played at high noon? Yeah, I was really surprised that the game was at a, uh, a noon kickoff, especially with it being uh, a West Coast Pac-12 team there. That's a 9 a.m. kickoff their time. I, I thought it would be a better suited for at least a 3.30 kickoff or even a primetime game. The big noon, it, it's a major draw for Fox. And that tells me that Fox Sports has a uh, major say when it comes to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 especially high-profile games, even though they would probably receive a, a better rating if it was a later game. But for them, they just they just see that they're going to build momentum on the big noon. And, what, and one thing that a lot of people had to take into consideration is Urban brought a lot of viewers onto their pregame show. So they're, they're transitioning to Bob Stoops into that position. They want to have that game kind of parlay into getting eyes on the new crew that's going to be on that pregame show which Bob, with Bob Stoops and Reggie Bush and uh, Brady Quinn. And I, I think that Fox is a calculated move for me out here on the West Coast. I mean, I'm up early anyways, but I would prefer a much later game. If you're if you want to partake in a couple of adult beverages there, 9 a.m. is a little early <laughs> for my taste. Kegs um, and eggs, baby. Kegs, kegs and eggs. Kegs and eggs. There you go. By halftime, uh, if Ohio State's in a tight one, you definitely got to pop one open. But anyways, I, I'm just excited to have football back. It sounds like the, the fans will be in the stands, even if it's a noon game, and Ohio State's actually going to be playing a game with a, a potentially a full stadium. That right there excites me. So I'm just going to be thrilled to see the Buckeyes back in the, in the game against an out-of-conference opponent. Fantastic stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Brook. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. I hope all of you have a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.